This is The Shift Podcast. Thank you for listening to The Shift. The daily podcast has Greg Fish. Talks about hacking our fresh water supply. It's actually a story. It was actually done, not ours, but down in the States. And also touching into understanding consciousness on the world of weird things. The International Dispatch was on the show. It's also on the podcast with Sir Christopher Gilbert. Olympic debacles and Mittens the Cat was catnapped. Oh, no. Plus, Ryan O'Donnell steps in with In Case You Missed It on the Shift Daily Podcast. Download the podcast from your favorite podcast spots, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. CuriousCast.ca is a great place to go to. Please share it with your friends. That's a big favor for us. We need to welcome in our buddy, Greg Fish. Welcome to the world of weird things with Greg Fish. Greg Fish joins us here to chat and say hello. It's um, uh, probably colder where we are i'm guessing than where you are right now greg fish um can you uh just quickly maybe look at your app what's the temperature in your city uh let's see well the problem is it's in fahrenheit so it's 50 degrees fahrenheit all right quick conversion anybody the temperature here it's 10 degrees for greg all right well that's pretty cold it's not bad uh, the current temperature with our extreme cold warning, where I am in Calgary, everywhere in Canada is freezing except for Vancouver. They have cherry blossoms. Um, it's minus 27 where I am right now. And um, I don't know if you want to convert that. It's pretty close to yeah. minus 27. It's minus 16 in Fahrenheit. Is that what it is? Yep. I thought they crossed over at minus 20. Minus 40 <clears throat> is when is they cross over. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So minus 16. So it's minus 16. So it's 60 some odd degrees uh, colder here. Wow. So anyway, um, we're going to come start doing the show from Greg Fisher's place. How are you doing? Things are good. Things are good. We had a story that we came across here on the global network about, I think everybody's worst nightmare. One of two worst nightmares. One being hackers getting into the electrical grid and turning off the power. The other being this very story, remote hacker trying to poison Florida's water supply. This is not a maybe. This is not a how about movie plot. This is an actual story about an actual thing, Greg. Yeah, this absolutely really happened. Um, and it was actually honestly just a matter of time. So interestingly enough, you know, there's always the there's always the issue of when you have industrial systems, you have to set them up right. You can't have them access the internet. You have to change your default password credentials. Uh, you have to like actually secure them to keep them safe. And a lot of times that simply doesn't happen. And funny enough, um, a couple of months ago, um, when when we were doing this, uh, when we were doing a segment on something very similar. Uh, with John, we were talking about how there's a lot of places, there's a lot of companies where security for all of their digital devices comes last. And unfortunately, that includes a lot of power plants, water treatment facilities. Um, they set up their software. They let it be connected to the Internet because what if someone has to remote in to fix something? They don't update. They don't change their credentials. And all of that just comes back to bite them. And this is the kind of stuff that happens. If you actually followed 
the vast majority of the recommendations that come from the IT people who tell you this is what you need to do to keep your stuff safe, then 99.9% of these hacks just wouldn't happen. Hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. I love me one, two, three, four. Great password. So here's the story. I, yeah. No? <laughs> no I, I oh. mean, I, at least out of five and a letter. <laughs> a capital. There was a capital I. Um, here's the story. An unknown actor seized control of the water treatment plant's controls in Oldsmar, Florida, last Friday, and cranked up the settings to dump vast amounts of poisonous lye into the reservoir. An operator spotted the change and immediately uh, reversed it, therefore protecting the local water supply. So lye, sodium hydroxide, would have, um, you know, completely compromised all of it, plus the process that it all touched. So the unidentified hacker ratcheted up the concentration 11,000% above normal, which would have had serious effects on 15,000 people who reply on that plant for um, water, like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, stuff like that. So where where are we most vulnerable with this, Greg? Um, it really, again, just setting up a lot of default systems off the shelf, um, people not following security protocols. There are stories about where um, tech researchers go out and they drop USBs after telling people don't don't put in USBs in your in your computers. It's a terrible idea. It's like stick, it's like finding a random dirty needle somewhere and sticking it in your arm. Don't do it. And people still <laughs> pick up the USBs that are infected with the virus after they they were told not to do it and put it in their computers. And when the researchers ask them, why did you do that? We literally set you up for success with this experiment. They say, right. I don't know. So it, it, it's, it's, it's humans that are the most vulnerable. We can create the most sophisticated system to fend off as many attacks as possible. But if people don't actually use it, then oh, there's nothing that can be done. So... The operator first noticed the usual activity on the computer Friday morning. He didn't think of it much until Friday afternoon when someone used the mouse to make the changes. The access was through TeamViewer. So they must have um, some sort of um, phishing thing uh, to get access to the TeamViewer logged in. And TeamViewer is a software piece where you can remote control a computer. And that's how quick it happens. That's scary stuff. Yeah, and actually, the interesting thing about TeamViewer is he may not have act, he may not have actually needed to use some sort of phishing thing to get the credentials to connect. What may have happened is there's a uh, search engine out there that would allow you to see devices that are connected to the internet. So this person may have snooped around until he spotted the device, figured out this is the because a lot of times these devices broadcast what they're doing, what the what version of software they're running. Just looked up the default credentials. Booted up TeamViewer and voila, they were in. Wow. Although, so That's it could have been as e it could have been as easy as that. It's certainly not the first time that it would have happened. Um, but a lot of times, it's it's researchers who try to do this and then notify the plant saying, "Hey, your stuff's on the internet." Then, unfortunately, that doesn't get fixed, um, and then you end up in and then you can end, and they keep warning you can end up with a situation like that. And and now that has happened. So the question is, where do we go next? And the only thing that I can think of is at some point you're going to have to have um, a regulatory agency come in and say, okay, we are going to have to start enforcing 
these security protocols because otherwise you're going to literally kill people with your negligence. Wow. Well, it seem, uh, seems that people is the, the natural segue here because we always are the screw-up. Um, so let's get into the world of weirdthings.com, Greg Fish's website and blog and podcast. Here's the article title to chat about today. Do we finally know what makes us conscious? One of the biggest questions about the human mind is how it creates consciousness. And science might be bringing us an answer. Yep, finally. So consciousness is one of those things where people, first of all, it's it's one of those things that your brain does the end result is greater than some of its parts, which is always very exciting. Um, but there's a lot of this esoteric um, navel-gazing about what consciousness is and how is that expressed. Is it possible that consciousness lives outside of the body? And people have asked all these questions because we were still trying to figure out how consciousness actually comes together in the mind. Uh, but a new study that really tried to see if we can, if it can link up all the research that has been done before um, has found that there's actually a pathway between four brain structures that essentially seems to correspond to our minds being conscious. So there's, there's four parts involved. Like I said, there's the thalamus, the anterior and posterior cingulate uh, cortices, and the angular gyrus. Now, all these four parts, they're responsible for you processing your senses. They're responsible for tapping into your emotions and your higher level logic. Um, and they are responsible for accessing your memory. So the pathway between them and how active that pathway in is what seems to regulate how conscious you are and how awake you are and how aware you are and how closely you can interact with your environment. Um, now, the reason why we want to know this is, well, obviously, if you're a nerd, this is just a cool thing to know. Uh, and if you're a scientist, this is how you get your grant money. I just figured out consciousness pay me. Um, nice. But from a medical standpoint, the reason why we'd want to know that is because there are people who uh, suffer strokes, who suffer damage to the brain, and we don't know whether they're locked in or conscious, and it can take a long time to figure it out, which is terrifying to the people uh, who are involved. But now if we have a scan, they can look at the communication level between these four brain structures and say, oh, this seems pretty This seems pretty active. This person is probably awake. We can get to people who are locked in faster. We There's maybe a possibility that using some sort of brain implant or brain stimulation, we could um, help reconnect that pathway in people who are in comas, or people who had severe brain damage and are having trouble regaining consciousness. And we can get that, we can get that pathway pathway going again and start therapy to try and help them regain their function. So there's a lot of very useful things that we could do knowing what makes up our conscious minds. So there are two conscious pieces here that come up for me in this. And one is consciousness, like being awake and alert and in the world, like we're seeing all the things. And the other part is the conscious thought piece, right? The I'm aware of all of the thinking and the thinking that's going on in my brain. Are they distinguished in this as being different or are is that all collapsed together or am I just out in left field? Well, it actually it really is all together. That's what the the sing the cortices do. They 
allow you to tap into that higher level logic and connect it with the other parts of your mind that are irresponsible for that high level cognition like oh yes i remember this happened before i see the situation this is my best this is the best decision that i can make in that situation so really it's your brain has all of these different parts that technically do slightly different things and it's really getting them to talk to each other that's the that's the important part here and that's the when it comes to consciousness what is that what does that highway look like how far does it go how many things does it involve um so that's really what we're talking about here how do we get them to stop talking so we can go to sleep that would be a big one you can figure that out you'll get a lot of grant money <laughs> you know that's another that's another one of those things you can you could technically well as part of the study they gave their test subjects anesthesia and that actually dialed down that communication it stopped the parts of the brain from talking and made them fall asleep and monitoring exactly what the pathways what that pathway was doing in their brain is what told them okay yes this is probably the correct combination of brain structures this is we're looking at the right level of activity here 39 volunteers anesthetics um sleep deprivation this doesn't sound like something that most people would volunteer for (laughs) um doesn't mean they didn't get paid when they're called volunteers but i mean is it seems mean is that the only way to uh, to dig into this? Is to get a bunch of people sitting around and you know starve them of sleep and see what happens with their brain? Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, that's that's what that's all we can do. There there might be other more um, chemically aided methods, but they could mess they could mess up the results because they would interfere with how the neurotransmitters in your brain communicate and that could cloud the results because you can always say well maybe it's the chemicals that are interfering and they change and they're changing the pathway you want to kind of have that uh uh you should really have that that clean baseline as little influence as possible control for as many externalities as they can as they could that's that's what those tests need to do in order for us to have the valid results I don't know if you meant this pun or not when you wrote it, but the one paragraph starts with still, comma, with that in mind, <laughs> comma. Yes, I absolutely, there's, there, I, I have to put in the, I have to put in the puns. I, I don't, I, when you, I like when that. you, sometimes when you talk about, when you, sometimes when you talk about certain topics that can be a little dry or can be, uh, they can go down certain rabbit holes, you gotta have a little bit of levity in there. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's pretty dark. It's, place. It gets hard to read. So, purpose of this okay understanding our consciousness would mean not only figuring out how we can be better at consciousness it also leads me to believe that it could figure out how to create consciousness or how to recreate consciousness i'm thinking a place like alzheimer's stuff like that the research for that probably isn't there yet we know that what happens with Alzheimer's is that um, the waste products of the brain, the, the tau proteins that are kind of just free-floating and are supposed to be cleaned up by the glial cells, which is the white brain matter, um, it, is the, it, it accumulates and it causes damage. It basically eats away at, at, at different parts of the brain. And it's not so much that the consciousness is affected, is that it eats away at all the other functions. So it's a much more widespread problem. Uh, and I don't think this research would necessarily help 
with that, uh, that there's all kinds of other research that essentially tries to look at how to clear out your brain. And one of the biggest things that people have come up with is, well, you, you, you know, if you exercise and you maintain your, your, your brain health, you know, you do your, you do puzzles, you challenge yourself, you read, um, you, you stay engaged in your community and get plenty of sleep. And it's like, okay, well, that's wonderful, but where do I fit it into my current day? Like, <laughs> wow. how, you know, if I have six hours to sleep, if, until my job, I, and I don't get restful sleep, are you basically telling me I have to make that trade-off and hope that it doesn't become Alzheimer's later? So that that research can get a little bit complicated, and there's still a lot of um, unanswered questions when it comes to that. Are we looking at the matrix here with this um, creating this consciousness, this artificial consciousness in people's brains? No, not at all, because your brain is still involved. There's the there, there's really the question of whether you could, whether if you simulate that in a computer, how does that correlate to a human mind? And from a purely mathematical level, it really doesn't. It just it shows you, okay, we we can understand what we can look for in a human brain if we try and run certain tests and we try to answer certain questions. But if you were setting up an AI, I don't know why you would want to replicate try to replicate that exact thing because it's really difficult and it's really complicated and we don't know all the ins and outs yet you probably want to take some shortcuts especially because you can because you're creating the ai from scratch and if you just have enough different artificial networks that can coordinate with each other you could probably do some really fun stuff but you're not going to get that whole you know conscious self-awareness sort of deal you'll get more more something like basic awareness of the environment and pre-programmed and pre-trained responses to it and maybe some you know maybe some improvisation here and there but that's probably all you're really going to get there's way too much going on in the environment and we still don't know how to really cut it down to be more human-like and, and as efficient as, as as organic brains can make it and i don't know if we ever will i mean that's that's an open that's an open question it's not so much it's difficult and we'll never be able to do it. it's more of a well we don't no, maybe we'll have, you know, when we have quantum computers, we can have quantum equations handle that sort of thing and, and really cut down on the on the effort. But again, we don't know yet. This is still all very fresh, very ongoing, very bleeding edge science. Well, if you would like to learn more about sleep deprivation, I invite you uh, to come and bring your world of weird things to any of the shift heads here that listen to the show. We have many people who suffer from sleep deprivation on a regular basis. So we would be a wealth of knowledge on all of the, um, on all of this to share the world record. Thanks to Lyle, who sent it in. Lyle, uh, said that in 1964, Randy Gardner broke the world record for going without sleep 11 days, 264 hours without drifting off. So hard just pass. Side note. Very right? hard pass. The hardest of hardest passes. I can. No, I've been awake for 48 hours once and I know never again, never, ever, ever again. Then they, uh, then, then he went to bed after all that. What are you going to do now? I'm going to sleep. Uh, it's great to see your face, brother. Um, you have a fantastic rest of your night. You too. Always a pleasure. This is the Shift Podcast. Welcome to the International Dispatch from our world citizen. Live from Japan, New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. 
I would like to try to describe the uh, background. You put your own background on Zoom, Chris. Has decided yeah, that's right. Classic Chris style uh, to show up uh, with a uh, a background photo of pandas, um, pandas, three pandas that are carved out of something, and Christmas lights. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a party. It's a panda party happening here. Um, does that happen in in, um, in Canada with you, with your Zoom call? Does everyone put like a, a background, a, a fake background on? Uh, well, not everybody, but more people you see are blurring out the background as right. opposed to putting on uh-huh. the background. Um, you know, when we had our our calls, we use uh, uh, Microsoft Teams, and mm. when. After Christmas, when all of the MPs and MLAs were traveling, every meeting I showed up to, I had a different beach background. I thought it was particularly funny. Not everybody thought it was very funny. But I just show up randomly in a meeting with an ocean and a palm tree, and I thought that was a a good, subtle humor. No, it's great humor because everyone jokes about that. You know, you could be doing it from anywhere. Um, And I think here in Japan, like, oh, if if I put my arm this way, or maybe not anymore, you can kind of see a gap in my arm through to my real wall behind me is kind of a weird anyway oh yeah when you get the weird pocket yeah yeah but people are very about privacy here so there's lots of zoom calls happening and and you know there's millions and millions and millions and millions of apartments and not everybody wants to show what their house is like so um yeah i i had it i had a uh i don't really care but i i had a my class my japanese class was on zoom today um so i joined and i didn't want to show everyone my apartment so I did this filter for the first time where you put your own background behind you and I put some fairy lights above my head here. And uh, this photo is, is, is actually from um, Nijima, where I ate the, the stinky fish that time. In, in oh, that really? Fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that story. Well, let's uh, shamelessly promote your website so people can listen to that pod- podcast too. Oh, yeah. Funradiopodcast.com. Um, right. is where you can go and listen to my, my adventures from last time. And when, when I finish Japanese course, I'm going to... Um, start new adventures so i'll be updating that website in the coming months but yeah find right. radio podcast.com um so chris, chris did move. i was going to answer the question yeah. here first yeah the chris oh, yeah. chris moved uh because yes his partner uh went as well and so he's not really traveling the world so much as just building a life um and stuff fair i'm fair not traveling the world so much as just like refusing to go back to new zealand there's <laughs> That's <laughs> more what it is at this point. Uh, the Olympics coming up in Tokyo, Chris. It's on the mind of everybody yeah. there. Uh, there's been some. Uh, there's been the typical conversations about the Olympics, and there's been some hard oopses. Tell us what's happening. Wow. Do you, have you guys heard the latest from um, Mori San, uh, the the head of the the Olympic Committee, and what Oof. he did this last week? It's a rough. Uh... It's the kind of uh, oh, thing, dude. if he said that here, he would have been fired, He'd canceled. Be oh, my God. I yeah. can't believe he still has a job. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Yoshiro Mori, he is the head of the Tokyo Olympic Committee. He's a former prime minister of Japan. He's 83 years old. And uh, I, I uh, said on Twitter this week, if you want some perspective of how old that is, Joe Biden is five years younger than him. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with being old. I'm not being ageist. I'm just saying, like, this guy, you know, should <clears throat> have retired 20 years ago. Um, oh. And, like, sadly, all over the world, but especially here, there are some real dinosaurs. Like, just real, just shouldn't be in public speaking positions, people. And uh, Morty son, effectively, what he said is he complained this week that um, women shouldn't be allowed to speak at meetings because they ramble on for too long. Uh, is uh, not a direct wow. quote, but effectively what he said. 
Um, and <laughs> and uh, this is in 2021. Um, in the in the the World Olympic Com- or the Tokyo Olympic Committee, um, he said that, and then he kind of made it worse. Um, there was a uh, well, first of all, there was a huge public backlash to that, and on Twitter, like a lot of people were using a hashtag which translates to um, Japan's shame um, to hashtag a conversation about it. Um, but then he his kind of apology about it was uh, saying was made it even worse by saying he went home. And his wife told him that wasn't a very good thing to say, and pretty much his wife made him apologize. Oh, no. Uh, well, that good for her. You right? Kick his butt, man. I know, but it's just, you just see how entrenched the mindset is, you know, and he kind of came out and said, my wife told me to apologize, and anyway. Uh, at, least he, at least he listens to his wife. It goes to show that maybe he's not that far out of it. What this really means for the Olympics, though, is uh, that all kinds of public officials are pretty much saying, we stand behind this guy, um, really, really couched language, like, it's regrettable, la, 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 I don't, I, I don't align, my views are not parallel, stuff like that, right? But they're not saying he should resign like the rest of the country is, because they're effectively saying, Look, this guy pretty much made the Olympics happen. The only way it got delayed by a year is because this guy's behind everything. He, oh, nice. Oh, you're at the beach now, Shane. Sorry, I'm interrupting myself, but Whoa. I just saw you, um, you, uh, you, uh, time traveled there to, I don't know, time, time slipu to Hawaii. Um, very nice. Good for you. Um, anyway, back, back to the conversation. <laughs> um, sidebar. I didn't mean to be that distracting. <laughs> just distracted. How could, how could that not be distracting? You're on a tropical setting in the Zoom call now. Yeah. Very nice. You need a little yeah. martini. Oh, I did. I was looking yeah, for they're, they're a, saying, a panda filter, actually. Oh, I'm sure you'll find one. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty much saying that like he can't resign. He's too important. He's just too important. Um, but meanwhile, beneath those people, uh, volunteers are resigning. 350 volunteers are, have resigned. Um, and the Olympic Committee has pretty much said, that's okay, they'll realize their mistake later. Um, and... I think also a couple of the runners in the relay that the, of the Olympic torch, I think they have dropped out as well. So um, if Corona wasn't enough, it looks like, you know, the bottom is really rotting out from under the Olympics now. Oh. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen, but it, it ain't looking good, guys. It oh. ain't looking good. That's uh, That stinks because the... Uh I mean, just it's terrible that that's sort of the mentality that's still out there. And I was kind of hoping yeah. that maybe it was a lost in translation thing, that it wasn't right me too at first i really mm. was hoping that um uh but no it, it wasn't and i and, and my partner who speaks much better japanese than me I, I even asked her i was just like is this a lost in translation thing and she was like nope <laughs> it's really <laughs> pretty, that bad pretty clear actually pretty clear all right yeah. sir christopher gilbert is in tokyo he was with the show uh, for uh, many months through the course of the summer into the fall before he moved away if you don't know chris welcome to chris here on the shift okay so uh, there was a tweet, a mysterious, fluffer, fluffy tweet that I'm going to let Matt and Chris take this now and do this tweet about this this cat. His floofiness. I'm so excited, Chris. Massive segue. Um, so we're going from Japan to cats, as we do. Um, Shane, we're going to talk about middens. Oh, Shane's a cat now on Zoom, everybody. He's now put. He's he's got two ears. He's got middens is in the studio, everybody. What the hell um, is going on? How do you do months this? ago? <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, we'll do give you a tutorial off the air. Um, but 
a few months ago, um, I, uh, I think when Shane was filling in, not Shane, sorry, um, Shane, when Eric was filling in one night, we talked about Mittens the Cat, a celebrity cat in Wellington. Um, I've got, I made a one minute little, uh, package from, um, that show so we can do a quick catch up about what Mittens is and who he is and what he's about or she. Um, and just so everyone doesn't think, uh, who just tunes in, hey, where's Shane gone? Why is Eric here? I've put, um, cats meowing despacito behind it so you know it's from the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here, here's here's the clip. Here's a little cat chap for you. Okay, should we talk about this dumb cat? Oh. <laughs> yes, because I know you're so angry about the cat. There's a cat, and so I'm. So he's pretty much famous for just like hanging out around Wellington. He's a private owner, like he, he's owned. So this, let me and, just clarify again. This is yeah. just a cat. It's just it's just a cat. It's this just a point. cat. Okay, now I, I am totally getting with you, Chris. Keep going because I'm joining you, man. I'm getting very he's, angry. It's just a cat. This cat has been given the keys to the city. Oh wow! This cat has been nominated for New Zealander of the Year, alongside Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister. Whoa. Um, and this is of last week. Uh, other headlines I'm looking at at the moment. Mittens, a friendly Wellington, Wellington cat with 50,000 fans. Another one is, cat arrives early for curtain call at a concert hall. <laughs> Mittens, a Wellington celebrity, has turned up two days early for the performance of Cats at the Michael Fowler Centre. <laughs> but the guards at Wellington's COVID-19 isolation hotel are on high alert for the four-legged perpetrator. They don't want people who could potentially have COVID to fawn over him. It's okay to pet him without catastrophic consequences. <laughs> I see what she did there, cat. Yeah. Okay. Chris, I so hate this that. is why I, 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 I hate this now. I hate this. I hate mittens. I hate yeah, him. No, mittens sucks. I mittens hate sucks. mittens. Yeah, so... Anyway, back to present day. That's a little recap of mittens, the celebrity cat in Wellington, who is famous for being a cat. <laughs> And Chris really, really like has a, a I what I believe is a completely irrational hatred. Um, if you've I ever, love cute. yeah, like if you happen to see if you're, you know, I, if you have the internets or whatever, if you look for Mittens the cat, he he's like a, this really adorable ginger cat. Um, I mean, I'm with Chris on this one. I don't think a cat should be a celebrity, but. Uh, you know, except it, for Grumpy Cat. Except, Grumpy Cat was pretty good. That's Only true. Exception to the rule. Grumpy Cat that's was true, good. That's true. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm in team team Floofy for this one. I don't think a cat should be a celebrity for just like walking around though. But anyway, yeah, we're going to get into the bait soon enough. Minnens is back in the news, Matt. And uh, as soon as uh, my partner sent me this, and she was like, "Here, look at this story," and I, and I dropped what I was holding, and I was like, "I have to." show Matt this immediately, but I didn't. I sat on it for a week. Um, so there's a reason that, that his floofiness is back in the news. Um, and yeah, Matt, can you play the reason, please? Wellington is famous for the beehive, the wind, and its celebrity cat, Mittens, who last night sent the city into despair after he was briefly <gasps> abducted. <gasps> no! Oh my god. Someone oh, stole the cat. He was catnapped. Yes, he was catnapped. <laughs> Somebody stole Mittens, the celebrity cat, uh, nominee for New Zealander of the Year, and cat with the keys to the city. Um, Shane, you look you look so interested in this. No, I'm totally interested. I'm actually replying to a text message of somebody was asking for your podcast, so I'm trying to make you money. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, go ahead. Do that. Don't worry. We'll talk about the cat. <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> I'm, no, I'm totally in. I'm just literally, no, I'm, no like, I'm like funradiopodcast.com to send back to uh, Stuart, who was texting. So I was double <laughs> dipping on my responsibilities. I'm in on, on Mittens, the fluffster. 
Okay, and we're also in on uh, funradiopodcast.com forward slash support. S U P P O R T. Support. Listen, <laughs> oh, like, support me. Cha-ching. Anyway. <laughs> support. It's S U P P O R T. It's pronounced donate. <laughs> anyway, um, let's find out about this abduction, shall we, Maddie? Mittens, also known as his royal floofiness, is known for wandering Wellington streets alone. He often pops into workplaces to greet his admirers. He travels up lifts, goes into doctor's surgeries for a wee nap on the examination table, and wanders oh. into flats to curl up on someone's lap. The Lovely. ginger house cat has attracted more than 66,000 followers on Facebook and is so famous he's even had a song written about him. Where to today, pondered mittens As he stretched the par out of his bed oh, With the cues of the city, I am one lucky kitty What adventures lay ahead Oh god, that's awful. Oh god, anybody else hate mittens yet? I, don't hate the cat, hate the song, don't hate the cat. <laughs> Although I will say, if if the cat was up for uh, New Zealander of the Year and like Sam Neill was up for it and Mittens got it, I would be annoyed. New Zealander of the Year. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, it, it kind of works on a rotation basis. Like, I think I'm up two or three years from now. You know, like we oh, all take a turn. You just, you just naturally get voted in on this. Yeah, thing? you just, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a roster. You know, who has to be New Zealander? Oh, it's Tony's year. You know, like give it to Tony. Give it to Tony. Uh, yeah, they do odd <laughs> numbers down the street. Yeah, the cats get a year. You know, Tony gets a year. I get a year. It's kind of how nice. it works. Every now and then, you get the odd sheep New Zealander of the year. I think we actually <laughs> did have a sheep New Zealander of the year one year. I'm not kidding. Um, no, we had a really fluffy a sheep called Shrek. And I think that was New Zealander of the year one, yeah. Ugly sheep. Anyway, yeah, Middens, Middens was catnapped. Um, let's find out what happened. So Emily Hamilton was very excited to spot him out of her apartment window in the central city last night. We were watching him out the window, and then we saw the silver car, which drove around the corner and obviously saw Middens, so pulled over, and they jumped out the car, and then there were two of them in hoodies, and then, yeah, they kind of picked Middens up and then put him in the car, and... Did Minutes just get abducted? Like, what's going on? What do we do about this? What they did was call the police, who she says seemed to think it was a joke and had clearly not even heard of Mittens. Mittens is no joke, folks. So they, <gasps> they, they picked up Mittens and they put him in the car. Um, I was wondering, Matt, if you could help us understand the difference between um, the way that a, a New Zealand says car and the way... Uh, a, a Kiwi says car, just so we can understand the difference, because that gets confusing. Yeah, no, I and I understand that it can get confusing. So, you know, an Australian would be like, where's the car? And a New Zealander would be like, where's the car? Totally different. Totally, totally different. different. Okay, so they put him in the car. In the they car. put him in the car. I mean, they put him in the car. Sorry. Um, right. I just love that, uh, like, that I, I do want to point out how seriously people are taking this cat, you know. Um the owner lets this cat just publicly, you know, run around the city, annoying people, knocking things over, spilling drinks and stuff, right? And the second someone picks it up and tries to steal it, this happens. You know, someone calls the cops. It's outrageous. It's obviously a public cat at this point, you know. And 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 someone's like calls the cops, and the cops are like, "You're phoning to complain that someone picked up a cat," you know. And I'm not for cat larceny, but I'm just saying. If there's an element of publicity, publicness, <laughs> the, the commons to this cat, then people are going to start feeling entitled to it. Oh, no. Cat no larceny. one's with me again. 
No, Outrageous. it's cat larceny. It's so. <laughs> Maybe I can sway you. Let's play one more clip. She then put some photos of the offending car and a post about what had happened on the Wellington Facebook page Vic Deals, which has more than 160,000 members. It sent the city into meltdown, with hundreds of posts from grief-stricken Mittens fans, some threatening violence against the catnappers. Mittens owner Silvio Brunsma was alerted to the post. Within about 20 minutes or so, I think the person in question um, was identified probably through somebody else through social media and realised the error in their judgement. They were apologetic uh, and uh, they let Mittens out, but I think they were feeling, you know, they kind of just suddenly realised they'd done something wrong and let him out kind of where they were on the terrace. I was trying to track him down. A nation wept. <laughs> and now a nation outraged. Have you learned nothing about New Zealand from me? A nation outraged. <laughs> an angry mob. I mean, this is an incredibly an New Zealand story. Based you know. on what you had said, an angry mob to me in New Zealand is like four people. Four million people. Team oh. of team of team of well, five. Team of five million. You know, that's one of the official. I think that's the official slogan of um, New Zealand Corona COVID nineteen twenty twenty is a team of five million, which mm. doesn't include the um, extra million who live overseas. Um, well, yeah, that's because you're it, kicked it, out now. You yeah, make fun of them on Twitter. <laughs> I do make fun of them on Twitter a lot. Um, <laughs> I actually got in trouble today for just like yelling at New Zealand journalists on Twitter again. Oh, did you? Yeah, you're hard <laughs> yeah. on You're mean. Had to, had to apologize. And... Oh, anyway, um, let's not go there. But like, it does have everything. It has like hooligans and, and hooded sweatshirt stealing cats. It has do-gooders looking out the window, calling the cops on them. It has an angry mob, and it has um, a celebrity a celebrity animal. Um, but the, the the cat was okay in the end. Um, I think it was fine. I think it was fine. Uh, but they, they, this this lady did effectively get an angry mob um, on this person. What what clip are we up to, Matt? Are we up to number seven? Uh, we're up to number six. Oh, yeah. Okay, play that Play that clip. Number six. And Emily Hamilton, who'd caught the abduction on camera, says the person who took Mittens called her to explain he'd just wanted to take Mittens home to show his flatmates, and he begged See? her to take the post down from Vic Deals. Wow. Things had got really hectic and really out of hand, and I think he felt pretty threatened by Wellington because everyone was so up in arms about it. Yeah. See, like, everyone's up in arms. Everyone's got pitchforks and torches being like, you can't take Mittens. You can't take our cat. Well, I don't think it's a good habit to steal a cat in general. No, but you shouldn't, you know, like... I just feel like the whole thing is just like, it's a cat. You know? I, like, I'm a, a dog cat. person, so I totally am. I'm totally on the page of, like, it's a cat. You, they give them away for free everywhere. But, I mean, I yeah. realize you could care about the cat. I mean, it could be something somebody cares about. I mean, this could be the this could be the one friend you rely on that when you die, it'll eat your eyeballs. So, you know, that's the way <laughs> cats are to me. I mean, like, a, a dog will go get you help. A cat will take advantage of the opportunity to eat your eyes. That's how, if you get fall down and hurt yourself. That's how I look at cats. But I also had a cool cat. He had three legs. So I don't need another cat. So I'm biased in this. I get that. I'm just saying it's as much as I'm, like, as long as it's not a dog, but still don't steal pets. Like, you can't do that. That's not cool. This news story that I've cut from was four and a half minutes long. No. Four and a half minutes. Was it breaking news? Like, top of, the, top of the six o'clock news? It was, a, 
four. I mean, and maybe a half. not the top, but I think it was up four and a half. That might not mean much um, to to the audience, but like if you're making a radio package, so if you're making a radio story, it's usually twenty to thirty seconds. If you're making a radio package with interviews and stuff, two and a half minutes tops. This is exactly. four and a half minutes on a cat who didn't get stolen in the end because it was found, <laughs> and they even <laughs> they even mind. interviewed the mayor. Um, let's see what the mayor had to say. Yeah, in clip seven. The mayor of Wellington, Andy Foster, was also shocked to hear what had happened to Wellington's iconic cat and is delighted he's back home safely. But obviously this is a, a massive error of judgment that uh, somebody has made. You don't pick up anybody else's cat. It's a cat. Uh, anybody else's pet uh, and take them for any reason. But um, I think the, the really fantastic thing is this just shows how much uh, the people of Wellington love uh, mittens and work so quick to spring into action to uh, make sure the perpetrators were um, caught. <laughs> perpetrators. I I mean, I know that, you know, folks think this is all like completely blown out of proportion, but Mittens is so beloved that this is all, this all co- makes complete sense to me as a fan and supporter of Mittens, of mm-hmm. his floofiness. Um, I, I well, it has to have to let people know that Shane has been abducted by aliens and uh, replaced by one of their own. Um, he's either that, either that, or both of his eyes have merged together into one giant eye in the middle of his head. I learned how um, to make filters having on the camera. Way too much fun with these zoom filters. While oh, okay. I am trying to tell you a very important news story in my international dispatch, which make a real. You know, it takes me a long time to make this, Shane. Oh, okay, okay now, now you're a tiger or something, or a cat. <laughs> oh, this is going to completely It takes me a long time to prepare this, and you apply the Zoom I love it. I filters. think it's an amazing story. It's, it's, I've, I've enjoyed it thoroughly, except for the part that I ignored when I was trying to make you money. Okay, well, let's hear the end of the story. Okay. <laughs> Just like if you saw a celebrity or, you know, your favorite singer... You wouldn't pull over and then abduct them into your car and then take them around to your house just to play flatmates. So, you know, Mittens is a cat, so should be treated with respect, just like any human. Mittens the cat loves to be free. You may find him in your garden going for an... Excuse me! Oh, my God. Okay, that is the worst song I've ever heard, though. I will say that. Ever? That's horrible. It's bad. Yes. Bad man. It's just not. It's not cute enough, and it's um, not meme enough. There's no puns in there. Like, come on, man. It's like the no, New, but New Zealand baby shark. It's um. got good Kiwi blokiness to it. Um, you mm. know, it's got that the jingly jangly like country guitar and like the old British, excuse me, and like slide whistles, kind of like um, <laughs> like uh, what, what, what what Benny Hill, kind of like Benny Hill sort of thing going yeah. on there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I um I also very quickly uh, wrote a song about this story. It's uh, mm-hmm. do you want you guys want to hear it? Yeah, yes, absolutely. please. Let's hear it. Yeah, it's it's, it's written from the. Uh, it's only six lines long, um, but it, it's from the perspective of of the the Emily lady who who called the cops. <clears throat> The other night I was like, what the dickens, someone's jumping in a car with middens. Told the whole story and they had kittens. Hope that the guy gets good middens biddens. But now she's back and I am smitten. Guess what? there's no big deal about middens. Yep. <laughs> I start beatboxing on that. That was good. Yeah, I put a beat behind that. I'm set. You could be. That could be your million dollars right there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give up this radio game. Just keep making cat songs. Right. It's beautiful. You and Phoebe. Um, that was enlightening. 
Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you I'm very much. Uh, yeah, if you do, if you do want to um, go get uh, Chris's podcast because you think that that's something you would be interested in, uh, it's funradiopodcast.com. And click on the uh, link that's uh, support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, stands for donate. Um, Sir Christopher Gilbert, handsome as ever. And uh, that was fun. And there's the cat in the background uh, right there. And, you know, the real takeaway here is that um, I learned how to do filters and virtual backgrounds on my my Zoom call. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. The real thing here is that everyone now thinks I'll just, like, do, like, the most bottom common lowest common denominator basic work i can do to plug my podcast on national radio <laughs> why isn't that what we're doing a cat yeah sure why not i talk about cats again it's like one week it was pigeons <laughs> it was pigeons there's been a lot Emus. of animals we should call this the international animal check-in I love animal stories right i mean that's what it is this is them. what it is it's like cat videos for the internet at nighttime this is what we're doing here yeah yeah, we're just yeah, well. we're just doing um, we're just doing um, audio memes. That's what it is. So Christopher Gilbert live from Tokyo. It's great to see you. Thanks for joining in the call. Thanks for being here on the shift, brother. See you guys next week. Right on. It's the shift podcast. Man, this has been a an amazing program. This is a great example about why I love this show. If you don't get a chance to listen start to finish, you realize most people don't that. Um, it really is quite remarkable, some of the things we go through on the show and the wide variety of it. And I just wanted to toss uh, a couple of things to you uh, here before we get into in case you missed it. Uh, like this. I'm grateful for this from Dave in the taxi and Drumheller. Hey, Shane. Angus the Schnauzer says hello from my hometown of Drumheller. Oh, see, that's the best. It's the greatest thing. Giant Schnauzer or like mini Schnauzer? Like, because I think of mini schnauzers like a regular schnauzer, and a giant schnauzer is the big one. My cousin has a giant schnauzer, an amazing dog. Is the schnauzer in the taxi? Hello from my hometown. <laughs> yeah, man. If don't forget to put the schnauzer in the taxi. If Dave's in the taxi. Oh, Dave's in the taxi. No, man. Dave's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Time for in case he missed it. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan High Tops O'Donnell. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Dong. <laughs> man. Whoa. Thanks for your enthusiasm there. I feel in it. Don't worry. You're about to be enthused because, man, Woo! I got some funny stuff. Okay. I haven't done this in a little while, but we're heading over to TikTok because I have watched this incredible series of videos. Because a woman has managed to turn a very unfortunate incident into a full-on, let's just call it how it is, career. Good morning. I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok breakdown. Yeah. TikTok user Selena Spooky Boo, which is a great uh, username. We're just going to call her Selena. No, you know, no. We're going to call her Spooky Boo because that's funnier. She sleepwalks. A lot. Now, sleepwalking is an unfortunate and very frustrating disorder for some people. And, you know, it's tough to predict. And when it happens, you don't really have much control over what's happening. And sometimes sleepwalking can lead to some awkward situations, just like Spooky Boo went through earlier this year. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm 
at a hotel and I have slept walk and I am naked and I woke up down the hall with my phone tucked underneath my boob and my door is locked and I'm gonna have to go to the front desk and I'm <laughs> she slept walk out of her room butt naked with her phone at least she had that no room key had to her go phone tucked under her boob yeah I, that's I, a terrible place to sleep with your phone clearly but she didn't say if that's where she, it fell asleep she slept walk like it, she could have put it there in her sleep well, I guess because so. unfortunately these videos just don't transfer to radio, so I'm just going to describe one of them to you because she is the most absurd sleepwalker I've ever seen. So she set up a camera after th th that TikTok got over like 60 million views and likes. So she set up a camera which watches her while she sleeps so it can record when she sleepwalks. And they're absolutely ridiculous. There is one where she leaps out of bed and she starts like hissing. And she just points and goes, Fangs? Vampire? She says this while she's sleeping and she starts like making the sign of the cross with her finger and like hissing at it and then pretending she has fangs. And then she like walks over to her boyfriend. He's like, come on, go back to sleep, go back to sleep. And then she just like looks at him, slaps him and goes, you good, you good. And then goes back to sleep. It's outstanding. Go on TikTok, check out Selena Spooky Boo and you have to witness how ridiculous her sleepwalking is. Now, hopefully... She can stop sleepwalking and get a good night's sleep. But in the meantime, while she, you know, finds other stuff to entertain us with, because she's quite funny outside of the sleepwalking, hopefully she can figure that out. But man, you got to check that out. I, um, sleepwalking is worse for the people who have to live with a sleepwalker. Because when you watch somebody walk around and they're not with it, they're not like, it's weird. My son it's does creepy. it sometimes. And he oh, usually really? does it when we're camping. He'll do it in the house from time to time. But when we are camping and he's exhausted, like just been like swimming and playing sports all day or he's at a hockey camp, whatever, then he'll get up. And I've had to get up and been like, he'll be like going in the closet. I'm like, where are you going? Got to pee. No, no, in the bathroom. <laughs> right? like, Don't do there. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's weird for the person who has to live with a sleepwalker. You have to listen carefully. Like you wake up at weird times going, wait a second. That's not right. Yep. Yeah, I, I have never, knock on, I'm going to knock on wood, I'm going to knock on my wall here, uh, slept good morning, walk. Good neighbors. Yep, good morning. Um, so, but I mean, now I'm in the loft bed, so I don't know, I would, so, you know, unconscious Ryan be able to make his way down the ladder without falling and destroying my room? Absolutely not. So, let's hope it doesn't happen. Hmm. Now. That's great, though. I like it is that great. story. It's funny. Check her out. <laughs> this is what I'm really excited about. Last week, I mentioned that uh, Zack Snyder teased the Joker for the upcoming Justice League uh, remake. If you're not sure what's happening there, Justice League came out in like 2018, directed by um, Joss Whedon. That movie sucks. But the reason he directed it was because that Zack Snyder had to step away from the project after his daughter uh, committed suicide. So oh he filmed a good chunk of the movie but there were so many calls be like zach we love you give us your cut of this movie and hbo and warner brothers were like you know what do it he has created a four-hour justice league movie it comes out soon and there are many things that were unused in the version that you can watch right now and one of them is now confirmed to be jared leto's joker 
there was a picture tweeted today of Jared Leto's Joker, and it's like uncomfortable. He looks like a mixture of Heath Ledger's Joker and uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, except the makeup is like black, and he looks like demented, like genuinely like more of a monster than like a comic book villain. But the thing a lot of people were saying is he kind of looks like Tommy Wiseau from The Room. The way his makeup is, yes. if you've never seen The Room, it's the worst movie ever made, but simultaneously the best movie ever made. It is so bad. It is hilarious. Every scene, it makes no sense. And Tommy Wiseau himself is a gem. He's a strange man with a strange voice. He says strange things. And I love him to death. And a lot of people drew that comparison that the makeup made him look like Tommy Wiseau. Because Tommy's a weird looking dude. But I, he's a weird looking dude. But he he rocks it. And he, it's part of him. And this got me thinking. Because fun fact, Tommy Wiseau actually wanted to play the Joker. Because after his success in The Room and The Disaster Artist, Tommy publicly campaigned to be the Joker for the upcoming Batman movies. Now, this is back from 2018, but it's pretty much like a for consideration for the Oscars. That's what this is. This is from The Nerdist. And if you're wondering what Johnny from The Room would sound like if he was a Joker, this is what it is. And if you have no idea who he is, get ready for the most absurd audition you'll ever hear in your life. Hi, this is Tommy Wiseau, creator of The Room. Let me introduce you to the new Joker. Ah! Tommy Joker take take two two kilo. What doesn't kill you make you stranger. (laughs) 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 Joker. Joker. It's simple. We killed the Batman. The Batman. (laughs) Have you ever danced with a devil in the pale moonlight? Did you? No. But I did. And I did like a devil. Why? So serious? Why so serious? Why so serious? Let's put a smile on this face. Why so serious? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't even anymore. He's just a legend. He just, he goes all out. And it, there's a famous story about his audition. He did a a theater piece uh, from a streetcar named Desire, and and you know in the movie when Marlon Brando is going Stella, Stella, when he did that performance live, he screamed it and started like climbing on the scaffolding of the set. He like smashed a chair. He goes all out. He is a devoted performer. And Warner Brothers, I know Jared Leto's already done, but screw it, give Tommy Wiseau it because the Zack Snyder movie is going to be amazing as it is. Think about adding this in. I just wanted to turn the corner and be like, hello, Batman. You are here to finally fight me. I have a question for you. Why are you so serious? <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Before, before we go into the next one, how long is the film, uh, by the way? The Zack Snyder? It's like four and a half hours. Only four wow. and a half hours, huh? So did he edit out anything? Or did he just like basically take all the Not footage really. and put it together? Not really. He took pretty much, uh, he took what it was in Justice League, which is like a two and a half hour movie as it is. And then he added his own stuff. Um, you know, it's a different villain. It's a different plot. There's more characters in it. And Zack Snyder is all about making movies big, right? Like huge. If you've ever seen Watchmen or uh, 300, for example, uh, and I love Zack Snyder. Man of Steel is one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. 
and I'm I'm very excited to see what this comes out as. And even if it's a bad movie, I'm probably still going to enjoy it. So, uh, regardless, I will be watching for Tommy Wiseau's cameo in the upcoming Justice League movie. Alexandra says, an Ikea commercial joker. I love it. <laughs> exactly. He sounds what? like the Ikea guy. Why? So serious. Come to Ikea so for a brand new sale. We have many things that you'll struggle to build on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, in other wonderful news that will bring a smile to any millennial's face, a show that defined my childhood and many people's childhoods who were born in the 90s, is coming back, except this time it's in a very different way. Sugar, spice, and everything nice. These were the ingredients chosen to create the perfect little girl. But Professor Utonium accidentally added an extra ingredient to the concoction. Chemical X. Chemical X. Thus, the Powerpuff Girls were born! Using their ultra-superpowers, Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup have dedicated their lives to fighting crime and the forces of evil! Yes, the Powerpuff Girls are coming back now cartoon network kind of revived the show from the 90s in 2016 but the new news is from the cw they've ordered a pilot and it will be the powerpuff girls blossom bubbles and buttercup but in their mid-20s and resenting the fact that they lost their childhood because they were crime fighters i think it's a great idea for for a story now it'll be weird to see these characters i grew up with in that way like for example, this show taught me to not lie. I'll never forget there's an episode with a monster called the White Lie, and he grows every time he tells a small little lie until eventually the Powerpuff Girls like can't defeat him, and then they eventually defeat him when he gets they get him to tell the truth. Like those stories matter to me when I was a kid. And this show is super important to so many people my age. So to kind of see it reinvented, I think this will appeal to my demographic a lot i just hope it's you know not too cringy and the the car the animation of this show is so beautiful and so well done that uh it will be weird to see it in a live action format hopefully they can capture some of the same spirit with uh the all of the villains and everything all these characters but at the end of the day it's a great show from the same people who brought like dexter's laboratory the golden age of cartoons but uh man I was very surprised when I saw that, and uh, it's coming from the person who created a show called The Juno and the Young Adult. I don't know. I've never seen that show, but uh, here's to Powerpuff Girls coming back. I, I guess they're the Powerpuff Young Adults now. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I suspect they'd be all, you know like working in the service industry and, uh, yep. you know, going to, like, thinking about going to college and... Yep. The Powerpuff single moms, maybe. Uh, oh, mm -hmm. maybe, yeah. You never know, right? Yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah, like, yeah, you never know. And fell uh, in so love just... and and thought thought he was the guy, and then realized that he was jerk, and so they got smart and left him. But now they're going yep. on their own. Now they're going on their own. You, poor, know, poor you don't but, need him. Yeah, you know, well. but Buttercup fell on some hard times, but she's she's working on it. She's, she's working, working on herself. On yeah, they could be the uh, Powerpuff social influencers too. Yeah, you know, Buttercup runs well. a crave cupcakes. 
that's um, Calgary reference, yeah. but the best. Mike and Hamilton ever. said new Powerpuff Girls didn't Titans reboot teach us no one wants gritty remakes of fun childhood shows. I would agree with you, Mike. I'm well hoping as, that um, this show is not a gritty one, that it's more of a funny kind of ironic one. Riverdale. Yeah, don't do, don't do, don't Riverdale this. Oh my God, please don't. I can't, I can't with the cringe on that show. That is not the same as Archie and Jughead, Riverdale. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.